Welcome to Gab with Gwen, episode six. We still doing this thing. And this is Gwen. And this episode is a little different because I have brought a family member along. God help us all. Okay. This is my cousin, Gail. We're legit cousins, not play cousins. This is Gail. Say hey, Gail. Hey. And this is her friend, August. Hey, Hey, girl. Hey, everyone. Okay. So today you got a trifecta. We never did this before either. So you got trifecta, you got Gail, you got Gwen, you got August. And this week we're trying to bring it up a level because it's been very sexy and very explicit since episode two. We have gone real deep and real exotic and real XXX. And there's a lot more to life than just, you know, getting your back blown out. So we are trying to, you know, elevate, you know, what did Michelle Obama say? We go, they go low, we go high. Yes, I went low, but we're coming back high. Okay. We coming, shut up. We're coming back high. All right. So um, we wanted to, because in the spirit of episode one was on Martin Luther King Day, we wanted today to be a little bit more, you know, sophisticated. I wasn't going to go that far. I was going to say um, Africana inspired. Sophisticated. Wakanda. Oh, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. I, okay. I haven't seen Black Panther yet. Okay. So, um, Gail, you sent me an article in a group chat about, wait, girl, what's this article about? Let me try to see my handwriting. Okay. Oh, shit. This is a good topic. Okay. <laughs> that Black, for Blacks, so for Black people, uh, college is not an equalizer. Do you want to kind of give a little background on that? Yeah, so my whole reason for sending it, because I feel like in the Black community, it's um, nine times out of ten, it's go to school, go to school, go to school, get a degree, get a degree, get a degree. But then I see so many people out there with these degrees who aren't making an income to match in comparison to your white counterparts. And a lot of times these are white counterparts who are not equally as educated as a black person. You know, then there's that stigma that goes with if you're black, you're uneducated, you sound ghetto, you look ghetto, you don't look the part, Mm -hmm. uh, you're not white enough for your role. So these are all things that come into play um, with the education factor. And, you know, I just really feel, I I get to the point where I feel like with the mounting student loan debt, Mm -hmm. as blacks in America, we have to be smart with our way out of what we think is the hood by only going to college. I don't think it's smart for us to preach to everybody to go to college, go to college, go to college, if you're going to come out with a master's degree and $120,000 in student loan and you're only making 40000 a year. And that's the reality for a many. lot of people. But okay, but I'm going to challenge this and then August, I want you to jump in. Okay. Uh, so one thing I know my dad always instilled upon me was education. And I think we need to also be careful because I think we also come from an immigrant background. There's an immigrant lens that pushes education. I don't know if that's the whole black community itself, to be honest, let's, you know, be fair. Um, but my dad always told me that when you're going to school, you need to be very careful about what you choose as your major in a career. Are you going to make money? So the whole loan thing, right? If you're talking about return on, um, investment, if you choose to go to school to play piano or do art or psychology, and I'm not shading anybody for the major. Okay. However, you're not going to come making no damn money. That is true. That is true. There's a fine line between what you're passionate about and what's going to make you money. 
and that 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 is a true 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 effect but you know when you look at the research that compares so for example even in healthcare you look at white versus black uh-huh. depending on where you go um, for the same job a white person is getting paid more why do you think that is what's allowed what does that mean it's been allowed. So, for example, in many places, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to talk about your salary. Right. That's so it's not an open discussion. Right. However, HR, depending on who guides that, mm-hmm. in a lot of places, you find that HR makes higher offers okay. to whites versus blacks. Mm. August, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I think that it's it's the reality here in the U.S. that race I mean, you're treated differently because of your race. And if you are a black person in working America, then you're not going to be making as much money, even if you have the same degree, the same college um, that you guys graduated from, the same year, the same experience, you're going to be offered less money. Unfortunately, it's just the racial you know, bias here in this country. So with that being said, statistically, overall, Education has historically been a method to social upward mobility, right? True. So, and I know that's also changed because of inflation and the cost of, you know, 50 years ago, you could buy a house for like the equivalent of one year salary. And nowadays you can't do that. Mm -hmm. So I get there are different factors, but do you think we're, if people decide to no longer pursue higher education. And let me say this. I don't believe that everyone should because everybody is not set out for it. Truth be told. Very true. Some of y'all, some of y'all niggas, I'm going to say it, <laughs> need to get a trade. Okay. Right. You're not going to be a SoundCloud rapper and don't shade me because my podcast on SoundCloud. Okay. I have a real job. I'm saying <laughs> that some of y'all don't need to be a rapper. You're not going to be P. Diddy. You're not going to be an NBA. You're not going to be an NFL. You're not going to do no entertaining, shucking and jiving. You're not going to be in love and hip hop. You're not going to be an Instagram model. You're not going to be none of that. You need to be a plumber. Okay. <laughs> this is what you need to be. Okay. You need to be a contractor. They make good money. Oh yeah. You need to do something like that. Girl, weaves are expensive. Go get your cosmetology license. All right. That this is, is what you true. need to do. All of y'all don't need to be in college, but you need to do something productive and do not tell me that you're going to make it big. I don't want to hear that shit. Get a regular job, get a trade, and have a good life. Okay. And I feel as though, I think my biggest issue is that people view college as you're going to go to college for four years and you're going to come out and you're a college graduate. So that comes with all these opportunities in the world. And mm-hmm. that is not the reality. That's fair. That is not the reality. So yes, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot more people need to look into trades. Yes. I feel as though a lot more parents mm-hmm. need to be transparent when they're advising their children. And as children, young adults, don't disrespect your parents, but if your parents only have a fifth grade education, they cannot tell you about the college system. They're telling you about their thoughts on getting out of poverty, which historically has been, if you are educated, then you can get further in life. However, we're living in a market where it's saturated with college educated people, all fighting for the same job, all fighting for jobs on Wall Street, all fighting for all these things. And at the end of the day, as African Americans, the further you go up the academic ladder, the further you go up the corporate America ladder, the workplace ladder, there's very few of us. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the- In positions of leadership. In positions of leadership. um, Unequal footing. So what you find is that when little Johnny Mm -hmm. gets out of college, Mm -hmm. 
and his father is already working for a company, already has contacts. Mm -hmm. That's nothing on you who your dad might be a contractor or a plumber or has nothing related to the field that you want to go into. Mm -hmm. So I feel as though that's something to also consider is that these connections are real out here after college. Like, don't let little Johnny make you feel bad, but when he graduates, he's already had a job before he went to college. Yeah, but the connections have existed before. You know, exactly. They existed before. Exactly. It's not off of work. Merits. It's strictly hookup. Yeah. But I also think it starts in high school before, you know, minority kids graduating and going on to college. They need the guidance because a lot of these parents, they're uneducated. They don't understand what, you know, what college will bring, the amount of money, the Mm -hmm. loans and everything and and the job market after college. So it needs to start from these guidance counselors and educators in schooling these kids because they don't know. They think mm-hmm. that the next step is necessarily, co- but it's not always college. Right. Everyone's not ready for college. They want right. to push, you know, universities and going off in that, you know, out of state tuition. But mm-hmm. what about community colleges and, yes. and picking up the trade that was said before, right. you know, educators need to inform these young people because right. they don't know. And everybody doesn't need and to also, be. And also what I think more, minorities need to be doing is gap year. You find a, a gap lot year. of yeah. or not. But do you think they can afford it though? A gap year is a hard thing to do. You need to be able to finance that gap year. And if you don't have the money, what are you going to do? That is true. But on the flip side, mm-hmm. I have been searching online and I find a lot, I'm finding a lot more scholarships or I'm finding a lot more um, donations mm-hmm. towards things like that mm-hmm. to open the eyes of minorities to what's out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't have to take a full gap here in South America or Europe, but to take that year and explore and do things and, you know, find something that you like. But, okay, I'm going to have to be a contrarian on that. A lot of black people, you know, and I'm going to say African-American particularly, a lot of African, this is different culturally. Mm-hmm. A lot of African-Americans have to pay their parents rent. It's like when you're 16, you have a job, you need to start contributing to the household, right? Um, so they're going to be looking at you like, nigga, what? Like, what you, you can't, you can't, what you think you're going to gallop that up and down, <laughs> up and down? You can't do that. You better be, you better work. Culturally, that's not, that's not us. We don't, we're looking at you like you're, you're crazy. That's not our culture. That's true. That's but not I our culture. I think it's good exposure. I think it's good exposure for a lot of, you know, like August said, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're what? We're like a lot of minorities don't have exposure. They don't have that guidance. You know, you have parents who don't know. Right. And, you know, the, the education system is failing us. Yes, it is. You know, let's not talk about our presidents wanting to arm teachers, but we can't arm them with printer paper and ink right okay true let's not talk about these guidance counselors who time and time again has shown that they're biased towards minorities so you know it it just comes down to the whole aspect of our education system is it sucks but i wonder i remember i remember in high school i don't this is going to sound like shade but you know going to be shady people anyway if you're a guidance counselor and you chose a career in like secondary education how are you going to tell me about wall street like are you even equipped to tell me about the options like i feel like you can tell me if i'm being bad in class and how to be respectful but are you really properly equipped to help me figure out my career options you You, you should be 
You As a so? guidance counselor, you should be because there's a workshop that these guidance counselors and educators mm -hmm. have to attend. As a guidance counselor, you may not have all the answers, mm -hmm. but you're guiding, you're right. directing. And if you can't do that, then you should guide them and lead them to the next person who can. Right. Because there should be someone within that school who can be a mentor to mm -hmm. a young person who wants to go to Wall Street and the guidance counselor doesn't know how mm -hmm. they would get there. And also, all these schools have alums, and you could be in the poorest neighborhood, mm -hmm. you will have some diamond in the rough who, right. you know, contributes, wants to look back, mm -hmm. wants to whatever. And, you know, a lot of schools, you find people who are willing. So I feel like as a guidance counselor, that's another option as well, that you can look back and find somebody in a field. If somebody says they want to go on to Wall Street you should be able to research and network and teach kids how to do these things for themselves. I've never experienced that. Growing up in an urban community, being educated in an urban community and going to an urban high school, I never experienced an alumni coming to my school and educating us young kids. Now, we had alums who graduated from the same high school who became teachers, who became, uh, let's say, coaches for sports, but never guiding Never saying, okay, young people, this is what's going on in this community. We know that you're facing X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. but you know this is how you prevent yourself from getting caught up in the right. everyday hustle of being in an urban environment. We don't have that. And, and right. that's sad to say. But you know, honestly, I grew up in a blue urban school. So nobody came back and said nothing. Girl, I, so I don't, I don't think that's like a common thing. I think in college that happens more, but I don't think that actually really happens a lot in high school. Um, I mean, so, I mean, but to be devil's advocate, if your parents, oh no, if your parents, like, are you really going to, you know, the people who are going to influence you the most are the ones that you're in your household, right? Mm -hmm. So I think we do put too much pressure on guidance counselors, teachers, people are expecting these people to raise their children and they're not raising their children themselves, right? So they can only do so much, but who's to say that the children are really going to listen to them? Like everything starts at home. But some of our, some of our parents aren't educated and they haven't necessarily done much for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, me being first generation American, mm -hmm. you know, I saw my parents work right? and they stressed education, but they never told me how I was going to get there. Right. Or, you know, I'm in the, the social work field. And although I make, you know, good money mm -hmm. for a bachelor's degree, mm -hmm. You know, I'm seeing kids coming into my field in my office with a master's degree and they're making way less than me. And I'm like, you've spent about 80,000 on this education mm -hmm. and you're only making 42. Who told you to become a social worker? Every time they walk in, I'm like, why are you here? You couldn't have chosen passion. something else. Passion. It's, it's, it's passion. Yes. But you, everything isn't about passion for me. It was how am I going to get out of college the fastest? Right. They told me I need to get a degree. Mm -hmm. I don't really like school too much, mm -hmm. but I'm going to get a degree because I have to get a job because that's what my mother told me. Mm -hmm. And that's what she expects of me. I am the American dream. So I'm going to get it done. Right. And, you know, I landed this job, but you know, this is not the creme de la creme. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to school for all these years. You're putting in all these hours and mm -hmm. you're really not, seeing the return on what you invested in. But I I I hear everybody. But you you know, look, well I guess mm, I don't want to be too personal because I don't like talking about my business, but even I told a lot of my business. But I would <laughs> say I really have told a lot of my Breaking business. Your back. 
whatever. Um, the thing about it is I initially pursued a career in education and for different reasons, I was like, this ain't gonna work. Uh, <laughs> and one of them was mon- monetary. I was oh. like, this, this is cute, but y'all, y'all little nigglets is so bad. Okay. <laughs> and don't value education. And when I say nigglets, I just mean children in general. Okay. Doesn't mean black and all y'all badass kids. Okay. Really do not value education. Your parents are coming mm-hmm. in. Oh, why don't you give Johnny an A? Johnny and did this. And I was like, you know what? Mm, this is a lot. Hello. Um, and you know, for the one or two that you touch, and I know a lot of teachers are like, if I can just touch the life of one, I am happy. Well, I need to touch at least a good 75%. Okay. A good three quarters of y'all. Okay. You know, one, you know, one tenth ain't gonna work for me. So, so keeping what, keep it real. So I realized very early that I needed to make a different change in my career trajectory, and I took steps, steps towards that. That have, you know, knock on wood, paid off financially in the end. So I mean, the other thing though is that people also have to realize just because you start in a particular career field doesn't mean you want to end there. You can also make moves to 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 get your paper up. And that is the American dream. The concept, the ability to reinvent yourself in this country is mm-hmm. real. You can reinvent yourself every other day if you want. Right. Um, Look at number 45. Mm-hmm. The shade. Mm-hmm. But it's the truth. But, you know, we have that here. Coming from another country, mm-hmm. y'all are Americans, you know. Um, I'm Fuck you. I can, like, get Fuck you. Right. We understand your struggle. Go on, girl. You know, I got a struggle. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, coming from another country where... Get she's it. related to me. I was born here. She was born there. She thinks she's special. Anyway, I'm not special. I'm just saying I'm an immigrant okay. and I can be deported at any time. 45 is in power. Anything is possible. Okay. okay. Yes. So I'm just saying, you know, coming from a country where mm-hmm. education is prized and it's not as readily available as it yes. is here. Yeah. You know, we don't have a university like all over that right. you can choose from, you know, with financial aid packages right. there. If you don't have a co-signer for the average person, right. you don't go to school. Right. So, you know, I really appreciate that option here, but I also think that, you know, jumping back to what you said, minorities need to start picking majors. That is not basket weaving. Right. Something of substance. Yeah. So you can get paid. Exactly. And stop coming out of school and struggling. That and that's fair. So some of it comes down to a choice. Like because I am going to be hesitant to tell this is the thing. We need to get our foot in the door. And a lot of times, if you don't have that degree, they're, they're like, you didn't have you too bad. Even even if other people might get considered without it, but if you don't have the credential, you already closed the door in your face. Be over prepared. So that's why I am I'm going to have a hard time telling people to not pursue higher education because in the grand scheme of things it is it does give you upper mobility you may not the student loans are there fine but you know what you should be able to make a decent wage be able to pay your rent do it or not you know pay your rent have it you know a decent card now if you want to have Louis Vuittons and you want to have a different type of lifestyle then you should be thinking about a different major right are you going to be a wolf of wall street then you need to be doing finance. Then you need to be economic. Like you need to know what you're doing, getting yourself into. And those majors are hard, but they do pay off. They pay off. You know, so it's like two, I think it's two way street. Everybody does not have the aptitude, and it's not for everybody. Some of you guys, you should go. Like I said, get a trade. 
be a realtor, do there are a lot of things that you don't need formalized four-year education for that if you have a good work ethic, you can do very well for yourself. But you need to be very honest with yourself about that, right? Are you and, and also if you see the little Lincoln Tech commercial on TV, don't clown it. Okay. You better call Lincoln Tech where you can get your degree in six months, okay? And you go fix that Jippy Lou, okay? You go work at that car dealership, okay? You'd be a mechanic, okay? You can you can have a side hustle, okay? You can have a side hustle fixing people's cars, you know, but you have to have that work ethic in you. If all, you know, I think we have, the black community has so many layers. I want to be a rapper. Oh, my boy, be he going to be a basketball player? It's like, it's a very unrealistic fucking expectations a lot of the time. And even mm-hmm. that's what transpires, that translates to the education too. I think a lot of it too is quick money. Yes. You which know, is an American dream. Which I is an American dream. People don't realize the work that goes into being successful. Yeah. And they clown people for getting an education. Yeah. They clown you for studying versus partying. Right. And all they're thinking of is, oh, I want to hit the lotto. Yeah. Oh, I just want a come up. They right. want a quick come up yeah. for fast money to right. live in these big houses. Right. But they don't want to put in the work. That's right. You have to put in the work. Yeah. Somewhere along the line. If yeah. you're going to put in the work in a trade school, yeah. in a college, Mm-hmm. If you want to be a basketball player, okay. no, 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 don't do it. No, 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 I don't post on that one. <laughs> You're not going to be a basketball player. No, nope. I don't post. No, nope. play basketball in your backyard. Nope, nope. <laughs> but you have some people who are genuinely good. Gwen does not co sign that shit. If you know that you are genuinely good, Lord. So what happens when you fall down and break your knee? No, this is dumb. I mean, I don't no. think it should be the only plan. There are some. There are some individuals out there that. They're just academically blessed. I mean, I'm sorry, not academically, athletically blessed. Okay. And, you know, there's a Kevin Durant that started, you know, he didn't start out in the NBA, Mm -hmm. but he worked his way up there because he had God-given talent and he worked for it. So, you know, maybe Gwen may not be encouraging basketball or whatever. You know, for me, I have a nephew right now that's in college and he's playing basketball and he wants to make it to the NBA, but he's also getting an education because if you're going to go for, you know, uh, sports, if you want to be in the NBA or play baseball or be in the NFL, you still have to have something to fall back on because the reality is you can get injured and an injury can ruin your whole career. And we've seen time and time again that an injury, the player that gets injured, you know, what do they have to fall back on if they never educated themselves? If they left, you know, once they graduated high school, they went straight to the NBA. You know what I'm saying? So you have to, it's important for you to go get some kind of education or some kind of trade while you're pursuing your, whatever your dream is, go for it. But you also have to have a backup plan. And I must say this. Piss poor planning leads to piss poor performance. Everybody got a goddamn iPhone. Stop and get off of Instagram and research. Do your own work. Everybody wants you to hand them something. Oh, tell me how you did this. Tell me how you got a six-figure career. Tell me how you did this. But nobody wants to put in the work. Not to say that people don't want to help somebody to come up, Mm -hmm. but you need to come with some of your own information. You need to come with something to the table. Don't come to me and tell me that you want to get into business, but you haven't researched anything. You haven't looked up marketing versus finance versus something else. You're just coming to me because you think I make quick money. You're not looking at the work that I put into this career. Right. So don't, 
pick a career or pick a college track just because of what you see somebody else do. Right. Because you have people with degrees in basket weaving uh-huh. who are in a totally unrelated field right. and are making it happen. Right. Because I think about it, 20 years ago, almost everybody had on-the-job training. Uh-huh. You know, college wasn't as pushed in the 70s, 80s, early 90s. You know, you went to a job, they hired you, they taught you the skills you needed, and nine times out of ten, you stayed there till you retired. Right. Now, we have these young well, offers. It's different. It's different. It's globalization, right? So, I think we have to put a little context in that. People, because even with the trade thing, we got to be careful. I think we have to be careful with the trade thing, too, because a lot of people will be like, okay, well, I want a union job, and or I want to work. You know, the problem we have right now with Trump is that he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bring back coal. And, you know, if you were working in, 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 in Detroit, making $90,000, putting cars together, that's just not realistic. The, you know, it's globalization is a real thing. There is more competition in the world, you know, supply and demand and more competition. So, you know, people get confused about like, oh, all these foreigners taking our jobs or stuff is getting outsourced. That is just business. It's cheaper. You know, if it's cheaper and they can have higher profit margins and they can report to Wall Street and get better returns and dividends from their investments, they're going to do that. So don't ever think that they're going to bring jobs back to America. Bitch, if it costs a child to make my fucking iPhone, then that child better work, okay? If that, that that's what's happening in Asia, I'm sorry. That's what it is. And, and it's not going to stop. And it's not going to stop, all right? So you are competing with, you know, child labor, in, in all over the world, you know, poor people picking bananas. You you're not going to be able to, you know, you're you're competing on a world market. You're not competing in your town. You're not competing in in this country. So you have to really be cognizant of that. That the world has changed, and what you saw your grandparents do is not what you're going to be able to do. And you can't be mad because that's just progress. Mm-hmm. And you need to adapt with the progress. And because we're in a globalized environment, it's now knowledge work. You're not, you know, manufacturing is not the first of all. Manufacturing goes away because of technology. G, all right. Not only because of little children working their little fingers, but also because of technology. If they can make a machine that does it and not have to pay you and not pay you benefits, they're going to do it. So you have to be smart. You can't sit back and be like, oh, and my grandma did that. Well, that was grandma's time. This is your time. What is your hustle? What is your hustle and how are you going to make it work in 2018 and beyond? You got to figure that out and stop reminiscing about old shit because that shit is gone. Yeah, you have to keep it pushing. You have to keep it pushing, you know, and that might look different than what your parents thought, too, because maybe that's what they knew. At their time, you could go and retire with a gold watch, but that shit don't happen now. And don't rely on no company and no retirement package because, yeah, that's it all. Yeah, so you just, I think you just have to be, uh, the work ethic piece is right. People want quick, easy money. You know, and, and education is not even valued in America, to be honest. It's not valued. You know, you want to watch The Apprentice and be like, oh, I want to win $100,000. And You know, and people all want to be uh, famous. Everyone wants attention. They want to be famous. But nobody wants to put the work in, you know. And that's what it comes down to, like actual grinding. And even when it's hard and you're failing, you're going to grow through failure and you have to keep pushing. It's having grit. And if you don't have grit, well, you're going to be with your wick in the welfare line. But a lot of this conversation is about higher education and minorities in higher education. But minorities are not even considering higher education because they're not even getting out of high school. High school. They're not even getting out of high school. And Why aren't they getting out of high school? Because there's no motivation to go to high school. So before high school, they don't even get into high school, you're saying? No, no, they're not. There's no motivation to finish high school. What, what's the benefit going to be? You know, in the social work field, I meet a lot of 18-year-old mothers, 19-year-old mothers, What's your goal? 
oh, I want to, I want to get on welfare. Yeah. When I turn 18, I want to get on welfare and get an apartment. And the way this is set up right now, it's a basic living. You live in your little bubble, you know, in my community, it's where I work. It's literally across the Hudson from New York City. And some of these young kids have never been to New York City. That's a shame. They've never been. Right. And it's 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 cheaper to go to New York City than it is for them to go to the mall and buy a pair of Jordans. They have the Flyers Jordans, the newest everything, and they will crack on kids that don't have the latest right. attire. But they have no exposure other than what they see in their community. So these kids... They can't think bigger because they don't know what bigger is. You know, we have the luxury and maybe not Gail because she's an immigrant. Right. So she understands what life was like in her country and, you know, the benefits it is of living here in the U.S. But there are a lot of kids, you know, like us. So, you know, growing up here, we've Mm -hmm. gone back to where our parents are from Mm -hmm. and we've seen like, wow, this is totally different. I can appreciate that I have running water and electricity, you know, and at nighttime when I want to use the bathroom, I don't have to use the chimney underneath the bed or go outside, right? But these kids, they don't have any kind of exposure. So they're saturated in what they know. And it's Mm -hmm. generations of this one community. So they don't know anything else. So how do you, okay, but get back to me. So the reason they want to leave, they don't finish high school is because they just want to turn 18 and get an apartment, which I understand. Because it's probably cheap. Right. It's it's easier. Instead of working, you can't afford it. You could get it. Okay, I'm a social worker and I have families that they're struggling to, you know, get their own apartment. They're Mm -hmm. living with families. They're Mm -hmm. bouncing around Mm -hmm. from place to place. Mm -hmm. Right. They have a high school education and some don't. Mm -hmm. Right. But they don't have any other education from Mm -hmm. high school. So they're working, but they don't have their own place in there Mm -hmm. staying from pillar to post. Mm -hmm. And when they go to welfare, Mm -hmm. are you receiving cash from welfare? You cannot receive cash from welfare if you're working. So the answer is no, they don't receive cash. Mm -hmm. So guess what? Because they don't get cash because they're working, they can't get housing assistance. But I'm working and I'm working 40 hours Mm -hmm. plus to take care of my kids and support my family. But you can help the mother that's not working. Right. How does that work? work that way they incentivize bum behavior mm-hmm. and they, they shade and turn down people who work mm-hmm. but are the working poor yeah the working poor so yeah. the working poor is real yes because you will work 40 hours a week and make 200 dollars. yeah and you know that's too you can't get an apartment you no. can't yeah, yeah you can't afford it you make too much money but you're still making less than what you need. Than a livable wage. Than a livable wage. Yeah. Unless you want to live in, in subsidized housing, low income housing, the project. Right. You know, that that's all that's available to you. And there's a long waiting list. Yes, so if you, you apply for low income housing, you can be on a waiting list for seven years. Mm-hmm. But if you but wait a minute, ain't Ben Carson supposed to be fixing this girl? Mm-hmm. Does come up in mm-hmm. six years. Mm-hmm. How are you going to get that notification if you right. haven't lived there? And maybe your friend moved too. Right. So you're stuck. It's 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 a cycle. A vicious and I, cycle. And I see it. I see a 
generations mm-hmm. of families stuck in this community and stuck in the same cycle. So some people must make out, right? Everyone doesn't stay in it. Some people do. So what's the difference? What's the difference about those people who make it out? I think, you know, there's multiple factors. Mm-hmm. Um, one may be, you know, just your support because your mother may not be educated. Your mm-hmm. mother may not have been one to, you know, graduate high school, but they could have supported you, mm-hmm. you know, in some sense, maybe mm-hmm. you're a teenage mom and your mother helped you to carry your kid while mm-hmm. you went to high school mm-hmm. so you can graduate and work. And, mm-hmm. you know, you still have some kind of family support. You know, once you have, if you have one person that could mm-hmm. be supportive of you through it all, mm-hmm. then you can make it out. But mm-hmm. sometimes the people don't have Any that support constant system. support. Yeah. So how are you going to get out? Right. You know, and, and, and then there's others that just have some kind of talent mm-hmm. or they say, you know what, I'm just going to leave this community. But if, if your, your grandmother's from this community, your mother's from this community, mm-hmm. everything that you know is from this community, even though this, you may not be striving, mm-hmm. right. Th- thriving rather mm-hmm. in this community mm-hmm. it's a fear to go elsewhere yes, yeah because yeah. what what are you going to face out there if you're right. struggling here in a community that you know and you know the resources mm-hmm. how are you going to go somewhere else when you where you know no one so how do we do better how do we do better if you're in a vicious cycle like that what can change to make it better and i think i think the system has to change really i think this the system really has but to I change think at an individual level i think it comes down to that individual level within in that community going back to these guidance councils that we're talking about you know they go to seminars mm-hmm. we have so many people that push the diversity agenda you know our school is so diverse we have a diverse community mm-hmm. we welcome minorities mm-hmm. stop the bullshit stop mm-hmm. the lying mm-hmm. you know i've been there it is very isolating to go to schools where predominantly white institutions mm-hmm. it is a struggle it's an emotional struggle it's a psychological struggle and that's because you came from a predominantly black community i didn't grow up in a predominantly black community so i experienced that much younger right so i think that's as an adult it's a hard thing but i already was socialized and deal with that bullshit when i was very young so true i didn't have that i i didn't i didn't feel when i was in college i didn't feel any different or any less because i was black maybe because i went went to to rutgers maybe because i went to rutgers (laughs) north wait not newark newark i went to rutgers north it's very you know diverse yeah so I, I never felt, you know, that I was yes, different. different. That's yeah. different. That's different. That's Newark totally is different. different. Yes. Yeah, different. You know? Well, you need to a different college choice then. But you know, <laughs> episode one, I, I, I said something. I said we. Okay, I, I think if you're right, if you stay in the same community, you are in a black world. But you black shouldn't people, have to. Black people only make twelve point five, thirteen percent of the population in the United States. Okay. We do not live in a black world, so yeah. there has to be some exposure and some socialization. Because if you just stay in a black world, pro- chances are you're not going to do well. You have to get out. You I do. I don't think you should have to stay in a black world. But for example, um, when I was getting my master's, I had a professor that pointed to a group of blacks and said, you people, um, how do you feel about this? 
mm-hmm. which is basically isolating us as blacks. Right. Um, I've had comments made such as um, to one of my colleagues when I was in college that said, um, how does it feel to be in a group with all the Africans? Mm-hmm. So I feel... Well, who said that? A black or who, a white person? The who director of the program. Oh, it was what, what ethnicity was the director? White. And she asked you, how do you feel about being in... No, the... she asked my colleague who's Asian. Oh, Asian. Okay. How does it feel being in a group with mm-hmm. all the Africans? Then what, so, did, what did your friend say? She was stunned. I think she just stood there looking frozen because she couldn't believe she yeah, said it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so no matter how much you try to be nice, I'm not going to kiss your ass because you're okay. white. We've already gone through this. Yes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm mm-hmm. not going to kiss your ass because you're white. Right. I don't need to adapt to your predominantly white school because, you know, and I've had the comments made, well, you're just here to get our diversity numbers up. You I know? know. I hate, I want to, I want to stay on that so, topic. I want to stay on that topic, the diversity numbers, because I find this to be a catch 22 or like a, something that people don't talk enough about because I find it demeaning. Very. I find it demeaning. There is this assumption that if you're black, you can't achieve anything by merit. The mm-hmm. assumption is that, oh, through affirmative action or something, that's the only reason. That's why the only reason why that, like, there's and assumption you're, you're that you have having to work to prove yes that you're worthy of your slot. Yes, wherever you are, whatever that position is that you're in. Yeah, and it's not fair. Correct, and that is something that has bothered me for a long time. I feel, you know, it is it, it it's like a pot shot. It's a um, it's derogatory. It's like it's, it's looking. It's, it's very demeaning, and like it's making. It's like almost a diminutive. Like, oh well, you only got here because you're black. Like you really didn't qualify, but you know they let you guys. You know you're less than, and they let you in. Right? They're and giving you a try. They're giving you a try, and then you feel like you're on that slippery slope. Where one wrong move and you're out because you barely made it through the door to begin with. Yeah, but I think it's also a mind fuck because a lot of people have done it through merit. Mm-hmm. You happen to be black, but you have done it through, you've gotten the good grades, you've done the right things, and it should not be an assumption that you're not capable of doing it. You know, and I and it also pisses me off because some of these people, like you said from the beginning, it was the nepotism, it was the network, it was the hookup that actually got you in. Mm-hmm. So you're looking down on me because, oh, diversity, you just, they just checked the box. You know, you weren't really qualified, but they needed quote unquote, you know, diversity is like a, a, a derogatory word now. People hate the word diversity. It's like, mm, well, you're forcing diversity and it means that you really, you know, they're not really qualified, but you just, no, 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 just no, no. Just like that? You're not really Yeah, just like that. Just girl, girl. Okay? This is this is like real. This is so real for me. And it, for my whole life, if I think about it through through high school, going to college until now, it, it, it's something I hear. And especially if people feel comfortable with you, they'll tell you their real feelings. Oh, and yeah. it, 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 it's like, so at what point do you think that a black person has earned it? So I, I did just mention Ben Carson jokingly about HUD. But... He is a t- he's like the top neurosurgeon in America. Why he decided to go down the stupid ass path of politics, I don't know. But he really is the top. He's mm-hmm. the creme de la creme, oh, yeah. gifted hands. What you gonna tell me? You wanna you wanna you know give him? He can't give him his props. Well, he probably was you know in diversity. Nah, he he's excellent. He's proved himself. He's excellent, and you should not assume because you see a black person is that. That was just a diversity check mark. They just want to put a little brown face, you know, a little put a chocolate chip in the vanilla ice cream. No, that's not what it is. Like sometimes we're actually capable. We're actually smart. Everyone is not cool that you see on TV. So 
uh, I, I feel like there needs to be a different narrative discussion around diversity and inclusion because in, in, in schools, like getting in, you know, um, and, you know, okay, I'm going to be devil's advocate. I always got to do that. Mm. There are times when I have seen... <laughs> Those that got it on diversity. Okay, I have seen it. Let me be real. Let me be real. Okay, I have seen it. Okay, I have seen it. I'm like, can you spell your own name? How the fuck you got here? Okay, it's true. So, okay, so my whole thing about it though is that even if I believe in diversity inclusion, you cannot check a box with a person of color. You really need to choose the people of color who are capable and put them in. That's it. Don't you know? Because sometimes like it's a little, it's a game you're playing too. It's like, um. I don't really want a person of color here, but since they're making me, let me choose a, the fucking idiot and put them there to show to prove a point, to prove a point. that they don't belong. That they don't belong. People play that fucking game. But then I also feel like in the workplace, mm-hmm. a lot of these companies, a lot of these organizations are not geared towards the receptiveness of blacks and minorities. Mm-hmm. When you go there, you feel shunned. No mm-hmm. matter how much you are able to work along with somebody. Mm-hmm. The fact remains that white people do not like to take directive from blacks. You mean from a leadership? If you're from a leadership standpoint, right? They do not. They will undermine you every chance they so get. Why do you think that is? I want to break that down. Why do you think that is? Because at the end of the day, they feel like you're not worthy of your position. Mm-hmm. They feel as though the information that you are providing to them mm-hmm. is not worthy. But I, I guarantee you, and I've seen it time and time again, if you have a white colleague mm-hmm. and they repeat the same script that mm-hmm. you say, mm-hmm. everybody's on board. If right. you say it as a right. black person, mm-hmm. no matter if you kiss their ass, mm-hmm. no matter if you are the quote-unquote angry black woman, mm-hmm. and no matter if you coddle them, mm-hmm and you are kind, they're not receptive to that. I mean, that's true, but I will say that also happens with gender. So a woman can say something, people will mm-hmm. poo-poo it, not pay attention to it. The man says the same thing. Brilliant idea! I'm like, didn't I just say that shit? I think so, it all just comes down to prejudice in yeah. itself. You true. know, because, you know, everyone's educated, everyone understands our job function, and if I'm trying to tell you something that's right as a white man, let's say I'm a black woman, as a white man, you don't want to listen to me, it's just because I'm a black female, right. nothing else. It's but not because just... I, I'm, I, I'm not worthy or intelligent enough. It's just the fact that I am a black woman, that you as a white man and your white privilege and how the society is set up, that you cannot or will not be willing to accept direction or information from me. And I will say this, as black women, I'm not putting us there, but we are at the bottom, okay? We are, we are. When you talk about any kind of structure in the workplace, a mm-hmm. white man is at the top, followed by a white woman, mm-hmm. followed by every other minority, mm-hmm. the Asians, the Indians, everybody else. Mm-hmm. Then they'll even take a black man yeah, yes, talking of course. to them. Yes, yes. But as a black woman, you are the very bottom of the bottom. Right. Okay. They, they will take from anybody else. But if you get up there and you say something, mm-hmm. whatever you say is automatically misconstrued as not valid right or undermined or or she said that but i need that fact checked right or she said that but i don't know if i'm gonna go with that so yeah so you know black women are at the bottom nobody is willing to accept information from a black woman so that's just reality you are you live that you see what it's like and i feel as though no matter how you draw up the white person and you're nice with them you know, they turn on you in a second. <laughs> okay, so let me. I'm, I'm saying. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit of a nuance to this. All right, because you out here, you know, some straight, you know. Didn't you have a story to tell? Did I have a story? Yeah, you did. Okay. You did. I don't remember my story now. Okay. Okay. Oh, I don't remember what we're talking about, but um, I, this is the thing. I think there are a couple of things. One, people aren't accustomed to seeing black women in positions of leadership, right? So if you don't see it, and it which and if the representation you normally see is that. I'm a servant to you in a way like I'm a mammy or I'm the cashier or I'm a welfare queen. It, it, you know, it's a disconnect because the thing about America that we don't really talk about is like, it's one thing to see black people on TV, but it's, a lot of people don't have personal relationships. Right. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes like, I, I, you know, I see you on TV. I understand you in theory, but I've never actually considered that you could be a person in a leadership position. So my advice actually to everyone and what I try to do is, create real relationships with people because you need to break down the barrier. You And, and it's horrible that you feel like the onus is on you, but it is. The onus is on you as a black woman to break down the barrier so they can see you as a person. Because if they can start to see you as a person, then they'll be more receptive. And I know it's like, well, why do I always have to be the bigger person? Because it is just more effective. It's That's just more effective. Shit. It's No, it's just more effective. It's, it's helped me. Why it's helped me. Shit. And that's one of those things where they feel like, oh, I need a currency black friend. I am not your goddamn currency black friend. I'm not, no, I disagree. Do not. I disagree. No. Some of the shit they say is sideways as hell. Oh, your skin is thicker than mine. What kind of dumbass are you to say some shit like that? I disagree. It's also lack of exposure. It's also lack of exposure. So this is the thing. I think it is important to try to make a personal connection where people can start to to see you as a person. We have Michelle Obama in the White House who proved herself day in and day out, okay? A woman who exceeded all barriers of any woman who has ever been in the White House, okay? Been to two different Ivy League schools, is an attorney by trade, okay? She was... What I gotta do with you? Hold on. She ain't no goddamn stay at home lay on her back, first lady, okay? She ain't like the one we got now, no goddamn porn star that was an illegal immigrant. What I got to do with you? I'm just saying, and she caught a lot of shit for it. And that's just the reality. What that got to do with you? I'm just saying what? that in this country, yeah. you could be overqualified, you could be the but best at what get- you do, and you still gonna catch shit from the white This is This is the thing. This is the thing, and this is the thing actually that is cultural from a West Indian perspective. This is you, bitch. I'm telling you, I'm saying all the business. This is my cousin, my first cousin, her daddy, and my mommy, sisters, and brother. Okay? Listen, what I'm saying is that culturally, this is where Caribbean people, Western people go wrong. Okay? Because we think that the degrees speak for themselves. And that's what's supposed to earn you the respect and how people are going to interact with you. But that's not American culture. American culture is about relationships and personality. They don't give a fuck about degrees. They want to feel if the president, can he drink a beer with me? That's what America is about. Do I feel like I can, can I just, I'm going to feel like I can drink a beer. That's what America is about. Obama so, was out there dribbling balls, okay? With Girl, you ain't Obama. <laughs> but but I but I, I understand what you're saying, Gwen, and I understand what Gail is saying. I just think that, you know, being black in America, no matter what you do, 
there's still going to be some negative connotation. I agree. No I agree. But I think we do, and here, you know, I think we have to work. You cannot, what do you want to do? You want to go to work and be like, you want to be Wakanda and black shit, you know, all day? You can't. You can't. I told you, black people are 12% of the population. This is not a black country. And you have to learn how to work and, and, and work within the system. You have to. So you have to. You no, because you fight with people all the time. I know you. Hold on. You can work the system all you want. But I am saying to you that really, you can be overqualified. It's not just education. Yes. Yes. But from an experience standpoint yes. as a black woman in America, yes. you can be the honorary white friend. But trust and believe you are not invited to the table. And that okay, that's is what fair. I want to say. That's fair. That is my point. That's fair. Is that no matter what you do, whether you're angry or not angry, whether you're fucking with a white person or not, right. whether you're their BFF or not, at the end of the day, no matter how nice you are to them, you are still a black bitch. You are still a nigger bitch. You are still a nigger at the end of the day. That is the first thing they see when you walk in. Because guess what? If you walk in as an educated black woman, and I have seen it, and if a trailer trash white bitch walk into the same room, mm -hmm. okay, it is automatically perceived that the trailer trash white bitch is better than you. That is the reality. And that is what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm not talking about being nice to no white person. You can talk. Okay. First of all, you are I, I'm sorry. Okay? I'm sorry that I am really related to this person. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that that is, I, I'm not denying that there is going to be bias and prejudice and that when you walk in that room you know we know from medical you know medically that women black women with master's degrees get the same level of health care uh like health care literally uh treatment as white women i think who dropped out of high school yeah so i i it's understand this i understand this however you can't walk around angry all day with a chip on your shoulder it's almost it's a self-fulfilling prophecy to me you go into that situation listen that's happened to me listen i have been in a situation where a woman has sat next to me actually i'm gonna shout out a youtube series right now it damn i think i'm the name of the damn youtube series i believe if i jog my memory correctly it was um the unwritten rules the unwritten rules it should still be on YouTube. It was just like a web series and it's about like this young black girl racy going through work. And I'm telling you, I was like, holy shit. Some of, so much of the stuff has happened to me in real life. It's crazy. But I've been in a situation where I was, someone was shadowing me because they had no experience and they were coming to a meeting with me. And I was the person, the subject matter expert. And I met with an executive and the person didn't look at me at all and is deferring to the person who's here to shadow me. And I wasn't like, look at me. I, don't, you know, I, I mean, look, all I had to do was make it very clear and show out. It was very easy to show that she didn't know shit. And then it had to come right back to me. Right. So it is about playing. A, it's a ballet. It's a delicate dance you have to do when you're in the room and they see the trailer chick and they think it's her versus you. All you got to do is show that you're the cream and you rise to the top. You have to. And that is a difference because you know what? There are black. The CEO of Xerox is a black woman. Mm -hmm. There are black people who are in positions of power. The old CEO of, of Amex, he was right. So let's let us not. We have to be. You know, we have to still work the system. We have to work the system. And, and you're talking about being nice. It's not about being nice. You can still. 
you can still navigate the system and be strong and firm. But I'm telling you, in American culture, people want to feel like I want to have a beer with you. I get to know you. And, and that's important. And, you, and that's what you have to tap into in people. It's really true. And a lot of West Indians have a, a lot of immigrants in general have a problem with that because people think I did the work. I did. This, you should earn the respect. That's not how America works. America is about this. Is a, this is a problem. I'm going to put it in hip hop terms. This is a problem with Kanye versus Jay-Z, all right? People love Jay-Z because he's suave, he's charismatic. Kanye is just as talented, but he got a fucked up attitude. And people don't want to be around him. People don't want to be around him. It's, it's how do you get more bees with honey or you want to get with vinegar? And black people have to realize, yes, I understand it's frustrating. Yes, it's like, damn, do I have to do this all the time? Sometimes I don't want to be a soldier. I just want to be a woman. I get that. But at the same time, just culturally how America works, it's not about your degrees. It's about, does this person like me? It's about personability. And that's why Jay-Z is much more successful because he knows how to relate to people. And he's and Kanye, even though he's a genius, he's, he'll never have the icon status like Jay-Z because he has not, he's just not personable in the right way. And, and it's the same thing that applies when you're dealing with white people in the workplace. That's my advice. And then that's my advice is having grown up predominantly in a white area, having to, and navigating this from being very young. I think that's also the difference. A lot of black people end up navigating these situations older and it's much harder. I've navigated it before people had any filters, before they could be PC. I've seen them, you know, with their kid, you know, I couldn't, you know, when I'm walking down the street, my neighbor tells me, my mom said, I can't play with you because you're a nigger. And we were playing, you know, last week. Like, I've dealt with stuff from a very young age that makes it much easier for me to understand the psychology and how to kind of get in, how to talk about fucking you know, skiing and talk about running and talk about shit that white people like. Okay. This is what people like. And you got to talk about that shit to make them feel like a part of, and they love my, and I love my dog. And yes, I treat my dog like a white girl. I don't care what you black people tell me. I love my dog. Okay. Okay. You love your dog. Okay. We get it. So, so I don't think it is, no matter how you do that, you're black first. And that's fine. But after, but, but you're black first, but after all, so people will still see you as a person. I think you can break down barriers sometimes with some people, not everyone, but some people. I don't believe it. I disagree. I don't believe it. I and disagree. I don't think I ever believe that one because white people show you their colors all the time, and I don't care what nobody said. They don't accept blacks, and it's isolated. I and think I you're isolating yourself a little bit. No, I think you're isolating yourself. Angry black woman. She is. <laughs> she is actually. Sometimes she is. First, I am not the angry black woman. Okay, girl. But I feel as though like reality and I don't feel as though and it has nothing to do with the degrees or whatever if you know your job you know your goddamn job that's the reality of it. Okay, look, this is, I, we're close to that episode, but I do not like the tone. Okay, this, I like my episodes to be happy and chipper and shit. And this is all, she's like, you know, I don't know what the fuck she's trying to do. So let's see, what could we finish on that? You is, have a story to tell. I don't know what you're talking I about. Remember. I don't remember what the story was at all. Um, look, I'm just going to say, let's give like a positive word of advice. Let's do that. How would you, what would you give as an advice to a child, teenager growing up in an urban area who's trying to figure out their move, their next move to advance themselves in life? All righty. Kid. Yo, son. <laughs> so, no, on, honestly, what I really would think is, you know, find out what your passion is. 
what you're interested in and what you're good at and expound upon that. And and don't be afraid to think outside the box or to make that move in a community where you know no one. If what you want to do and what your passion is there, go for it. And just don't let anyone hold you back. Okay. Gail, what's your advice? If I had to give advice to a kid or a young adult that is trying to break out into a career or go to school or make some decisions, I would say research. You know, go online and look up, you know, you can Google anything. Google top 20 careers in the U.S. You know, take it from there and try to see what of that you like. And then from there, just start to do your research about what you need to do. If it's something unconventional, you can use things like Facebook, social media. You know, you can use hashtags to look things up and see, you know, how to get into that field, Mm -hmm. things like that. You know, let's use technology to our advantage, you know, but there are black people everywhere. We're breaking down barriers. We're, you know, solidifying our seat at the table. We're sitting down and we're making it known that we're here to stay. We're not moving. Mm -hmm. So, you know, come join us. Come sit at the table. Don't be an angry black woman, okay? Like Gail. Gail is not angry. Mm -hmm. I am passionate, okay? Mm -hmm. That's where black women get misconstrued. Mm -hmm. Passionate versus angry, okay? But come join. Come sit. And um, just leave your mark. So, my advice to any young, just any person trying to figure out what you want to do to, you know, advance yourself is you got to put in the work at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what you decide to do. Put the work in. Uh, Don't let people get in your head. If you know you want to do something, you keep going and you need to have grit. You fall down, you get up. You fail, you keep going. That is what's going to get you over the hump. That is what that is the key to success. And don't think that it's a one trick pony. You don't. If you get into one thing, if you need to adjust um, over time, do that. But always put the work in. Have the grit. If you fall down, pick your ass back up and keep going and you will make it and you will make it. And I'm telling you, it's I've seen it. I've done it. And that's what it is. So I hope that was a little bit positive. White people, we love you. My cousin doesn't, but I do. (laughs) Gail has problems. But, you know, look, God's working on all of us. Okay, God's working on all of us. God forgot about Gail. And, um... (laughs) Uh, you know, we're going to work Gail through. We, we want to get Gail through this. Okay. We want to get Gail through this. And this has been episode six of Gab with Gwen. Thank you, Gail and August for coming through. I think I need Gail to drink something to be a little bit less hyped next time. Yeah. Um, or maybe not. Maybe Who knows what we want to do with this girl. <laughs> but um, I'm going to say thank you. We, we out. Family. All right. Bye. 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 